I, I probably will not ever forget March 12, 2020. It was a Thursday. Um, I, like you, had, had seen things come across the news apps and social media about this strange virus coming from China or somewhere, and it seemed to be spreading very quickly. First you saw it and you got, well, that's kind of interesting, but that's in another part of the world, and then it started spreading, and then, then things quickly began to devolve. And March 12th was the day that I left the office. Now, just a little inside baseball, when I leave the office Thursday, it doesn't mean I'm done with ministry, it just means I'm out of the office on Friday, but on Thursday as I left the office, I had my sermons ready to go. And I walked by Mark's office, and I said, Mark, I don't know what's happening in the world, but there's a chance we'll have to call an audible on Sunday. And calling an audible simply means we, we take everything, the script and the sermon, and kind of just set it aside and do something entirely different. Sometimes you have to do that. So March 12th, not knowing exactly where the world would turn and how it would go, but I told Mark that. Mark said, all right, sounds good to me. That's my Mark Yakely impression. And, and from March 12th to March 15th, the world came undone. Do you remember that? Probably when I knew it was getting ready to be, I mean, it was real serious, was when they shut down the March Madness in a country that just idolizes sports when we shut down sports, it's serious. And schools and shopping centers and people losing their minds over toilet paper. I'd never been seen something like that, but I understood that fear is a very powerful emotion. And on Sunday, March 15th, uh, I pulled into this parking lot and it was very unlike today. It was empty, pretty much empty. And I walked into a building that was mostly empty. And I preached a sermon to an auditorium that was mostly empty. And I stared at a camera and tried to tell all of you who I hoped were watching to not be afraid, to trust in God, and to remember that He's always faithful. And for the last uh, well over a year, uh, we've watched the world come undone and come back together and go undone again, and we've watched the spiritual enemy, not the enemy of the flesh, the, the spiritual enemy work a lot in this world. And so as I walked into the building that Sunday morning, I, I prayed, God, I don't know why I'm here and why the church is here, but help me to faithfully do what you want me to do, and I'll do that to the best of my ability. And over the next few weeks, we'd have a few in there. We had a, a great AV team that kept the streaming going. We had a few singers who agreed to come and sing so you all could have congregational singing at home. And as we'd go through those worship times and we'd end and it was a very surreal experience to end worship 
in an empty room. And I would often think of today. I didn't know how it was going to look. I didn't even know at that point that it would be outside. But I knew there would a day come when all of God's singers would be back home. When we would again be together. I didn't know how or when or how long it would take. But I knew a day was coming. In my view, we are at that day. And I can tell you, uh, through this experience personally, that I've grown spiritually a great deal. And I hope you have as well. Hardships are not easy times. Hard things are not things that we ask for. But if we will listen to Scripture, hard times, adversity, trials, temptations, Challenging situations will grow us and mature us in Christ. And so I hope we stand as a church stronger, wiser, more mature, and more unified than we were on March 15th of 2020. Not to say that we were bad at March 15th of 2020, but we've had an opportunity to grow. In those days when the building was empty, I'll tell you there were several things I missed. One, I missed the singing. I sure missed the singing. I missed all of God's singers pouring out their voice, but more importantly, pouring out their hearts unto the Lord. You and I take that for granted. In the churches of Christ, we sing a cappella, and that's a beautiful gift. Not all churches do that. There's a huge blessing in that, to be able to hear people sing, to sing to one another, to encourage one another in songs and spiritual songs. Those are, those are good things. I missed that. But probably more than anything, I missed after the final amen, And what I call the foyer factor. The time between 11 o'clock and whenever. Often it was usually an hour. As people would mingle and converse. And share what they had experienced in the past week. Where they would laugh together and cry together and pray together. That to me is one of the greatest blessings that the church missed out in all things pandemic. And I resolved in my mind never again to take for granted the blessing of fellowship. The beautiful gift that it is. And what a wonderful blessing it is to God's people to be together in, in spirit and in truth. To worship and to fellowship with one another. If you have your Bibles... I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 133. Psalm 133 is a psalm of David. It's a short psalm, fairly easy to remember, but it gives us an important point, one that I want us to think about, dwell on, meditate in, and not soon forget. For one day we might have another pandemic. We might have another moment when the world comes undone. 
And may we not forget the blessing that it is to be with God and to be in the presence of God's people. Psalm 133 tells us this, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life evermore. Fellowship is a blessing. It is not a burden. And God forgive me when I have ever viewed times with God's people as a burden, as an obligation, as a have to. Now, I fall susceptible to that because the preacher has certain expectations placed upon him. And sometimes, I'll confess, I see those things as a burden, not a blessing. But when we truly understand fellowship and fellowship with God's people, we understand what a blessing it is to fellowship with one another and to be together. I've seen on more than one occasion the truth of that song that we sing. Sometimes we laugh together and sometimes we cry. Sometimes we share together heartaches and sighs. And sometimes we dream together of how it will be when we all get to heaven, God's family. Over the past year, we've lost some and we've cried together. Sometimes we've added some and we've laughed and rejoiced together. And don't you know that in those moments, in the foyer, in the moments after worship today, as you stand around with a plate of barbecue in your lap and reconnect, you are doing something holy. You are participating in a blessing of God. In the ESV, it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's interesting that the psalmist David uses those two words, good and pleasant, together. Because not all good things are pleasant. You ever been on a diet? That's a good thing for your health, but it's not real pleasant, is it? You ever exercise? It's a good thing, but it's not always pleasant. So there are things like that in life that are good, and they're good for us, but they're not always pleasant. There are other things that are pleasant, but they're not always good. There are things that are pleasing to your flesh that aren't good for your soul. But the Scripture tells us there are things, specifically the fellowship of God's people, that are good and pleasant. And what we're going to experience today after the final amen will be pleasant and good. 
It'll be pleasing to you, and I hope you leave here with your cup filled, but know that it was also good for you and that you were taking upon the blessing of God. Now, the Scripture goes to an Old Testament blessing in the next verse. It says, It is like precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. In their culture, they certainly had much more familiarity than we do of the anointing oil. Now, sometimes... On rare occasion, people will ask the elders to go and anoint them with oil, as is commanded in James. But that's rare in our culture and in the church today. But in the, in the time of the Israelites, the anointing with oil was a, a, a very customary thing. In fact, Jesus chastises a, a Pharisee who invited Jesus into his home and didn't anoint his head with oil. That was the custom of the day. It was a blessing. It was a refreshing to the, to the guest and it was also a blessing because the oil was usually um, uh, uh, smelled wonderful and it permeated the household. So it was a, a refreshment to the guests but also to all those in the home. He points here to precious oil on the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. Now... <laughs> We don't have that picture. Of course, he's given a picture of the high priest. I was trying to think, there's not very many men who even have a beard like Aaron might have had. The closest we have that I could think of is Brian Middleton. Brian, could I ask you to come up here for me so I can, we need a visual here. Brian's, uh, just so you know, for those of you watching live stream, this is not our high priest. <laughs> kind of plays the part. <laughs> but when they would see the Aaron the high priest, when they would see a high priest, they knew that this was a holy man. They knew that he did holy work. And part of the anointing of Aaron and those who served with Aaron was this anointing of oil. Now, he says here, he uses the phrase flowing down. I don't have any anointing oil, but I do have some, let me see, I have some canola oil here, so let me, <laughs> this. Now Brian is wondering, how far is Toby going to take this? What you don't know is I have to meet with the elders later today, so I'm not going to, but, but they would take a small amount of oil and run it down on top of his head and it would run down the side, down all the edges of the beard. Now the picture here is this. Where did the blessing, the oil, where did the blessing come from? From the top running down. So you and I may think that fellowship is something that we do. We organize things, we put things together, we meet together, and we, we sort of work ourselves up to it. No, but that's the scripture gives the opposite picture. He says that fellowship of God's people is flowing down, from the head down on the beard. Then he'll use the picture of the mountain later in the psalm. He's saying that the blessing of fellowship is something that comes from above. And it is a blessing of God that comes down to us if we'll recognize what it is. Brian, thank you for being my beard this morning. I, you know, I couldn't pull it off. The blessing of fellowship is one that comes down from God. 
The high priest was engaged in many different acts of, of worship, of service, of making offerings, of atonement. He was the human being that did the work of God under that Old Testament, the Old Covenant system. And David here points to him and he says, the blessing of fellowship drips down upon Aaron's head and down his beard. Running down is the phrase that is used twice. Fellowship is a blessing and not a burden. So may we not forget that because fellowship is a blessing, we have an opportunity, well really maybe an obligation, like all blessings, to steward it well. Steward well what you've been given. May you never again take for granted the blessing coming from above and dripping down, the coming from above the blessing of God of being with God's people. The end of the psalm, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing of life evermore. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's get a New Testament, a New Covenant picture of fellowship. Acts chapter 2 is a picture of the early church, day of Pentecost. This New Covenant begins. It was not just in the plan, in the mind of God, to have planned the cross and the death and the resurrection, but also the blessing of the church. Some teach that the church was an afterthought, that church was a plan B. No, 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 that, God forbid. The church was designed for a reason and for a blessing. Many times I hear people who go through illness, death, some sort of tragedy, And oft repeated are the words, I don't know how anyone can do this without the church and the church family. God designed that, you and I together as a body, as one, to fellowship together. Now let's read about the first time they gathered together after the sermon, after these baptisms of about 3,000 souls, Luke records this about the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Did you note that? They weren't just about listening to what Peter said, but they were about being together as one people in fellowship to the breaking of bread, to what you all just did minutes ago, and the prayers and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. How'd they do that? I, I don't really know how they all did that. They were at different ends of the spectrum. They had different beliefs and different understandings and different sect of within Judaism. And yet they were all together. And they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received the food with glad and generous hearts. 
I doubt they had barbecue on the day of Pentecost. Just a suspicion in my mind. But today as you break bread and barbecue, I hope you realize you're partaking in a blessing and it has nothing to do with the food. Perhaps food for the soul. They were together, breaking bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. It's a beautiful picture, but it's not just a picture for day of Pentecost in year 33. It's a picture that continues today. And if you're here today and you've been last six months, 12 months plus in couch church because that was easy and convenient, I want you to understand that we provide that for you as a tool. But there's one thing, and many people who are watching this screen this morning, this camera, will tell you, people who don't even have the option because of their health. They're not doing it out of convenience. They're doing it out of necessity. And they will tell me, it's wonderful that Northside provides it. It's nowhere near the experience of being there. And so I hope you'll make a decision starting today to be here like they were there together as one. Not because you have to, not because... God is up there in heaven with an attendance checklist to make sure you're there. Some people believe that. No. No, God understands that fellowship is a blessing running down like the oil on Aaron's beard. It's a blessing that comes from above. May we choose to fellowship together. I was just thinking, <laughs> seems like we're getting back to normal. I know... Um, this coming Saturday, Elaine has the family movie night. I don't know if you're planning to attend the family movie night. They're watching The Chosen on June the 12th. But that'd be a good thing for you to do. That's fellowshipping. That's being together. That's a good thing. Drew Lowry was telling me about work camp. There's a meeting right after, after all the fellowshipping is done today because they're going to talk about how they do good at Carpenter Place and in the community for work camp this week. That's good. See, we have opportunities to be together and to do God's will with God's people. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, Paul writes something that's interesting that as we've been working through the study of Romans in Bible class, I, I drew out this one because it jumped off the page just of everything we've been through. Paul says this, verse 8. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed throughout all the world. See, Paul knew the church at Rome probably would have been maybe like a church at Northside. And people all around that world at that time knew about the Roman church because their faith had been proclaimed. Like Northside is known for Know Your Bible and Wichita Work Camp and Women's Conference. There's a lot of people who know the impact, but... But look, he doesn't stop there. He says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. He, he knew about their impact, and he prayed over them. So he certainly was deeply connected with the Christians at Rome. 
asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in what? In coming to you. Paul was not with them physically. He prayed over them. He knew of their impact. But look what he said. He said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Did you see what he did there? He said, I know you're doing a good work. I pray for you all the time, but I cannot wait until I see you face to face. And why did he want to see them? That he might be encouraged by their faith and that they might be encouraged by his faith. You see, there's something that happens. There come the barbecue trucks. Pay no attention. There's something that would happen when we sit down eyeball to eyeball, kneecap to kneecap. There is something beautiful that happens in that moment. And so here in just a minute, we're going to close. I want you to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I want you to hear some stories. I want you to ask how you've been. I want you to think about how you can encourage one another. And I hope you'll get outside your comfort zone. I know you came here with your family and people you know, and it's easy to do that. But I hope you'll jump to another circle. Introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. Learn a story from an aged saint. Hear from some people you don't normally talk to. That's a good thing. I hope some older folks will go and sit by some teenagers. And they can show you how to use Instagram or whatever. It's good for us to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And God's given us an opportunity to do that here this morning. May we not forget how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. This morning we're not going to offer a typical invitation. I'm just going to offer a prayer. But if you have a spiritual need, if you need to put on Christ in baptism, or if you've turned away from Christ and you need to return to Him... We can pray for you. I'll find a shepherd to connect to you. Just simply find me after the closing prayer and we'll be glad to help you. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. Father, thank you for a day like today. It's a special day to be together. It's a special day to to spend time in worship and song, to see people serving, to see handshakes and hugs and hellos to see the beauty of your church and the blessing that comes down from above like oil on Aaron's head. And as it comes, all good gifts come from you, we pray that they would drip down upon us today. And pray that we might know the blessing of sweet fellowship that we haven't had in a long time. Thank you for a day like today. God, thank you for our elders. They've had to make hard decisions over the past year and a half. Not easy decisions. Not decisions that were always popular. But thank you for their hearts of loving the flock here at Northside to keep us all together as one. To help us keep us focused on the real prize of heaven and not caught up in things of earth. Father, thank you for their wisdom and we pray that you continue to give them wisdom 
And we pray that you'll continue to bless them and all of us with the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Thank you for this time together. May it be a blessing to you. May it be a blessing to us. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.